This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Today's show is sponsored by Me Undies. August is National Underwear Month, so from now to August 31st, you can get 20% off your first pair plus free shipping by going to MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. That's MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. Today's show is sponsored by Casper. Get premium mattresses for a fraction of the price. Sleep on Casper for 100 days with free delivery and painless returns. Save $50 on any mattress purchase today by visiting Casper.com forward slash BCPod and use promo code BCPod at checkout. You are now entering the Bad Christian Podcast. Three, two, one, three, two, one, three, two, one. Let me tell you about a little podcast that it came right out of someone's ass. And then when you don't cuss and you got to say everybody party, party each and every day. Because it's the Bad Christian Podcast. We drink, we smoke, we do sex, we do everything bad. Then we ask the Lord for forgiveness and he does every time because he is Jesus and he rules the world. Do you really just make that up? I mean, you, didn't, you weren't reading oh, yeah. notes on that. That's just no, that's no just notes. I am freestyle master. I am the freestyle master. <laughs> it's called the Holy Spirit. It, it was the come? total Holy Spirit. That is so funny. Why don't why don't uh, Christian rappers do that more? Like, just say filthy stuff and then go. But Jesus saved me. Then, yeah. Can't you just say yeah. everything? Like I used to say words like this, like shit, damn, hell, all that stuff. Yeah. And then you just say, but Jesus changed it. Yeah, that, just that's a, what I would do if yeah, I was a Christian two filthy rapper. verses and then say, but then. And the bridge. But then. You know, yeah. That way you get to participate <laughs> fully with, you know, the world for a little That's while. That's what, when I, when I was a very young songwriter in a band, in bands y'all never heard of, even you two haven't ever heard of before, at Charleston Southern, the the campus pastor at Charleston Southern, which is a Baptist college, he he called me in because everybody's like, hey, Toby seems like edgy. Maybe he's lost, but maybe he's a Christian. I don't know. I was like the edgy kid on the Baptist campus. And he came in and said, hey, this, this, and that. Uh, your songs, you know, this is kind of cool. And I was like, yeah, I just want to write songs that are real. Like what I'm going through right now and the way I feel right now. Like I trust Jesus, but I want to tell people exactly how I feel. He's like, dude, you can do that. It's so awesome. Just make sure the very last verse or chorus says how Jesus just fixes it all. <laughs> I was like, what? But what if he hadn't yet? Well, hey, you I'm know, writing this song on a Tuesday, and he hadn't done it. He won't do it for another month. Can I? <laughs> well, I need a song for Tuesday. You know, I I listen. I've been listening to, gosh, Christian rap for a long time. I listen to very little little of it now. But back in the day, they actually did try stuff like that. Like there is this uh, rap outfit called PID, which stood for oh Preachers. no POD. Yep, no PID. It's Preachers <laughs> in Disguise, and uh, they actually had a song where one person was rapping from an unbeliever's perspective. So he was... <laughs> and so it was kind of like a song of like, uh, you're going to be, you're lost without God, you need him, and I'm rapping about it, who I am. <laughs> it's like, oh, we sound hard, boy. <laughs> but, you know, I think people are starting to come out of their shell. I think most people even know what you did on that rap at the beginning of that of this thing coming in was a joke. But there's so many people that, that don't and will think, oh, is that true? That's really what they think or whatever, stuff like that. It drives me crazy. It's very hard to get a grip on who is listening to the podcast, who you should be talking to. And of course, it doesn't work if you get up in your head and assume people don't get jokes or do. And then more than that, it kind of hit me uh, that it just seems like I, it's hard for me to understand this or to really fess up to it. But I know that I am influential and that you are and that you are. That's and that's I don't actually really like that. I like to feel like we're just goofing around, but I had so many 
tweets and people telling me about how much they've been eating McDonald's since I talked about it <laughs> <laughs> on the episode a couple ago. It's just, it, it drives me crazy because, well, I mean, it doesn't drive me. I guess that's why we have sponsors. I, I know how all that stuff works, but I don't like to think about any of that stuff. And if you do, it'll mess you up because, like, how, therefore, how important is every minute and every word that comes out of my mouth? Right. And that's what preachers do that I think is a little bit annoying. They take it too seriously. And, you know, oh, or people just as a Christian. And then now you think, now everything's yeah. tainted by your self-importance. And so I try to avoid that or whatever. But I will talk about something real serious. Hey, re- to, real to- quick, I think my brain has been realigned. Like, when I see a McDonald's sign, I think my brain does something <laughs> different now. A combination of seeing the movie Founder <clears throat> and then being influenced by you when I see a McDonald's <laughs> sign. It's kind of like a little more optimistic. I'm like, yeah, they've, they've really done Good a nice job. Good for them. <laughs> yeah, they're That's successful. Right. But see, I mean, I, you know, I suppose people would analyze my personality type as liking to engage in trivial things or points that I don't even necessarily hold. I like that. That's just all sport for me. But sometimes you got to talk about real serious stuff. Now, I was on the plane flight back yesterday from visiting my dad been his birthday party and i want to hear about toby's trip home too in a little bit so that's what i'd like to do because i'm just catching up with these guys we've been on tour for a week and we hadn't done a podcast in a while so we're just going to catch up live but i'm telling y'all i was on the plane yesterday and they have movies on the plane and they have uh i found something just very serious that that made me really upset i was looking at it and they have a movie about brangelina on the plane (laughs) And so I'd like to spend the next few minutes talking about Brangelina, if that's okay. There, there's a movie about it? Yep, they have a the movie plane? about them. Mm-hmm. And Lord I didn't watch the movie or anything, but I saw it. That was your first mistake. Yeah, and I, I just want to spend the next few minutes talking about Brangelina. And no, not even the people, but the word Brangelina. <laughs> We're gonna, I'm going to spend a little time there. That's okay. That's what really made you Yes. <laughs> that is the serious topic we're going to cover today. <laughs> All right, I'm ready for it. Okay, I never really thought about it before because I don't pay attention to that stuff or whatever, but I saw it written sit on the screen right in front of me, and I saw it, and I got immediately angered about it because it's Brad Pitt and Angelina Jolie, if you're, if you're not right. familiar with that, but it's... You spell it this way, B-R-A-N-G-E-L-I-N-A. So it's Brad plus Angelina. Angelina gets her whole name I know. in the mix. Well, that's really funny you say that. I This entire time until you said that, I thought it was Brad-Jelina. It should have been Brad-Jelina. <laughs> that would be fair. That's my point. That's what I thought it was it this should, entire time. It, she has her whole name in the mix. First of all, to have a mixture name yeah. of two people is very stupid. And I, right. get, I don't know how it came about. But if you do it, that is completely n- non-equity, not fair, not right at all. If it was reversed, I think people would be mad or say it was sexist. I don't even know about that. But it's just on a logical right. grounds, it makes no sense that it wouldn't be at least Brad Jelena. You see what I'm saying? She has right. seven <laughs> letters in her name, and he gets two letters. He gets two letters. I and, know. And it's not like well, he's three. Some, he gets three. The A there, too. I mean, stick with my point. Just say it's two. It's one syllable. It's just two. You're right. It's one syllable. I, I see that the, the A is shared, but it's still not right. She, she has seven letters. She gets to keep every one of them. He has four, and he's just cut back down to two. She's got four syllables. Angelina. All he has is yeah. Brad, and they take half of that oh. word away. Yeah, I don't think that's right at all. Well, and, I think part of the problem, too, they, I think when it first started, it was Benifer. 
when it was Ben Affleck and Jennifer Lopez when they dated. I think they were called Benifer. That's better. But that worked because that he's B E N, yeah. and then she didn't get the J. You know, she lo- she only lost one letter, and he got all of his in. Well, the, I mean, you name, know the so, whole but, name Angelina. But that's why this one's wrong. And B R yeah. could right. be any. It could, it's just who even knows what they but tried to do sound. it again and failed. It's a sound yeah. that you make when you're cold. Burr. It's a syllable. Yeah. It's nothing, and that's disrespectful. It's not like Brad Pitt is some schlub. The an- I know this, the world famous Angelina married some guy from down the street who yeah, does. I think d- he's more famous than her. I mean, Brad Pitt. I, th- I, I think he. Yeah, he, I think he's more beautiful than her. I think he's a better actor. Than her, I, in every way, like I, I love him. I love. He might his, be his... one of the. I mean, I'm not even just trying to hyperbolize who he is, but he's one of the most beloved men in the world. Yeah, like one of the most. It, he's the ultimate name drop. Uh, yeah. uh, what's the ultimate name drop? Like, oh, I got to interview, or I got to sat on the plane next to right. fill in the blank. It'll be Michael Jordan, Barack Obama, Brad Pitt. Those. I mean, that's those are the. That's who we'd be talking about. It's one of the most right. important, famous. He's not, and he's well liked. Everybody likes him. I mean, and he's just reduced to a single sound. Burr there. I just don't think it's I right. <laughs> and that's totally right. And I agree. And I, I guess that's just whatever. I mean, it's just, I don't think it's equitable. I was thinking. I, guess, I suppose if you did it for for. Uh, you know, it'd be like if Toby and Jessica if ne- needed an acronym because y'all get more famous. It'd just be to Jessica. To Jessica. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Right. And then right. if it was Joey and Priscilla, it would just be Priscilla. Yeah. She'd get her whole name. I, or, I like Proey. Nope. You wouldn't get that, though. That would be giving you too much credit. You've got to give the Joe woman Pr- all Joe her Priscilla. whole letters. So it'd be Priscilla if Joey did it. And if it was me, I mean, I know how that would go. It'd be Bridget with an extra T at the end is all I would get. No. No, yours would be Midget. <laughs> no, that's still too much credit to me. It'd be B-R-I-D-G-E-T. And then that extra T for Matt. That'd be right. all I'd get. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, I, I did I watch it because I was already irritated yeah. at it. And I watched the best movie I've seen since Fast and the Furious 7 came out. Fast 8. The you the saw Furious. it? Yeah, I watched it on the plane. On the it was plane? Unbelievable. Yeah. So happy. You love it. those movies. So They're you've seen every Fast and the Furious? Yeah. I had never seen this- any Fast and the Furious movie in my life until Fast 7 came out, at which time I binged watched 1 to 6 the day and a half that. before 7 came out, and then went and watched 7. <laughs> so I, I, I bought in fully there, and then this one was just tremendous. Loved it. I haven't seen one of them. Well, you're in for I've a treat. Seen, I've you seen have a few of them, amazing yeah. movies in front of you, minus right, Tokyo well, me, Drift. Okay, I don't want to go off on a tangent here, but I, so many people say uh, – uh, Fast and Furious Tokyo Drift is no good. No, it's I not actually, good. Actually, I loved that one. <laughs> I thought it was great. I thought I loved that kid. You know, he was in what movie was he in? F- Friday Night uh, Lights guy. Was, yeah, yeah he was in Friday Night yeah. Lights. That guy's awesome. Yeah. But the movie. Wasn't I good. just thought, I love it, and I know it's goofy, but I like that one too. That they went off. You know, and a lot of people don't even want to say it's a Fast and the Furious just because it was different characters and stuff. I love that one too. But anyway, Toby, so I want to hear about it, your trip. You made it home. Yeah, I yeah. did. The trip was good. Everything was great. Got home happy to be home. Back into the swing. You went to your dad's birthday party right yep all that was super sweet cool. and good but that was just the thing that stuck out to me of my last week but i want to hear about your trip home before that i gotta tell you about okay. my favorite underwear in the world all right guys i gotta talk about underwear for a second because i love underwear i love my underwear and let me tell you what kind they are they're me undies it's summertime and it's important to have good comfortable, breathable, soft underwear. And of course, it needs to be stylish too. And if you're trying to balance style and comfort, 
MeUndies is the way to go. They are my favorite underwear in the world. Also, August is National Underwear Month, and to celebrate, MeUndies is making it easier than ever to try the world's most comfortable underwear by giving you a risk-free guarantee. So, all National Underwear Month long, if you don't love your MeUndies that you order, they're free. They'll just let you keep them, so you have nothing to lose there. They're made out of lensing micromodal, a sustainably sourced, naturally soft fabric that's proven to be three times softer than cotton. And that's my experience, too. It's their just the most comfortable things I've ever worn. And they're a real important area to wear comfortable stuff too. Um, Micromodal is an all-natural, breathable, eco-friendly fabric extruded from Austrian beech trees that actually inhibits odor. So that just means no stinky undies, just soft, cool, cozy me undies. They're the ultimate feel-good undies for when you want to feel naked, but, you know, not actually be naked. So all National Underwear Month long, remember this, you can try for yourself risk-free. If you don't like them, you just get to keep them. They're free. That's it. So now, until August 31st, get 20% off your first pair plus free shipping at MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. That's MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. MeUndies.com slash BadChristian. All right, Toby. So when I last saw you, <laughs> when yep. I last saw you, I was going to get two hours of sleep and catch a, a early morning flight from the hotel room, and you and Devin right. and Josh and Dave and Reva were going into a nightclub in Phoenix at about 1.30 in the morning to right. do a DJ set and an acoustic performance in this packed bar right. in Phoenix. And all the bars in Phoenix are a little bit douchey, if that makes a little sense to you. They got a lot of nightlife. It's bright lights, super clean people. A lot of yeah, college people. Collars age. open and cologne smelling and a lot of vodka yeah. drinks, I imagine. But I didn't get to go in, but it looked right. like it was going to be a lot of fun. And I debated whether I should go in or not. And then I saw y'all had a wild text thread and I literally haven't talked to you since that happened. Tell me about it. Yeah, uh, so... It, so we went there. So we played the Emory show, and it was a big show over in Mesa, and uh, it was really fun and good. But usually after a show, the last thing I want to do is sing anymore. And my voice is already kind of weak, and I was like, I was dreading it already. But uh, we made a deal that Devin and I would play acoustic for a little bit of money, and I was like, okay, you know, at least this will help us pay for a couple things, and it'll, it'll be kind of nice. And I only had to play like four or five songs. So we show up, and it's just and it was emo a, night though. What is the thing? It's yeah, like this yeah. big so it's emo kinda, party late I at think night. That, yeah, I think that's one of the things now that's kind of trendy or like nostalgic it's like young people still like they were listening to this stuff when they were 12 years old so now that they're 21 and can drink they want to go back to their childhood a little bit and hear you know uh my chemical romance mm -hmm. and taking back sunday and all stuff so we walk in and there's a cover band just playing all those songs they're just playing every one of those songs from you know your emo kid years and all that stuff <laughs> like a hoagie talk band in nashville right yeah. yes exactly like exactly that version of yes. a real thing yeah right and so uh, we walk in, I was like, oh, my God. And everybody was going nuts so for it because the band was pretty good, and uh, they were playing all these songs. And so everybody was singing, but it was a rock show. I was like, Dev and I are going to come up and play acoustic Emory songs in like 20 or 30 minutes. It's going to be horrible. I was really worried about it. But the guy that, that set it all up was really nice. I mean, overly nice. And uh, he gave us free drinks. I, I didn't even want to drink anymore because I was like, well, just I've been drinking for a while. <laughs> I know. I know. It's what am I gonna, why in the world am I drinking? But I did. <laughs> it was free. You I got, I got service. Like, what are you supposed to do? Yeah, <laughs> I, got a, I got a whiskey. Did you have a roped off table? Yep, we sure did. It was, there, was, there was a girl sitting there. Yeah, we got, got there. He made it. her move. He's like, you got to go. You got to go. And so we were sitting there. And uh, so anyway, they got done. I was like, okay. And uh, so then we went up to play. And Devin and I uh, played. Devin played all the acoustic. I sang some, and, and then it kind of blew up my voice. But it was really funny because during our set, acoustic set, he was trying to keep the energy going. So he was throwing out beach balls and these giant <laughs> inflatable glow sticks. 
out to the crowd to keep things going. Like, I was like, we're playing sad, sad songs. We, then we even played like our country version of studying politics. You yeah. know what I mean? Like we weren't we weren't like that serious or anything. You know, we did like ponytail parades and uh, I forget what other songs we did. But anyway, we got done and then Josh DJed for a long time. So I, you're right. It was like by the time we got out of there, it was two thirty pushing three a.m. But we go to get paid, and Reva's there, and Josh is there, and I'm was talking to the fun, guy. Though, come, was it fun, though? Was the crowd like it, or did you feel stupid the whole time? Or, I, I or think they, they like did the like it. in your hand, because you're... Uh, I mean, what was it? Uh, I think they did like it, but it would have probably been better. If we'd have done like 11, and then the other band went on, that would have been good. You were, I think that were been you really, enjoying it while you were on stage, is my question. No, not really, because I was just having to sing, and my voice was super tired and blown out. And I, like, mm-hmm. I lost my voice for the next two days on my trip to San Antonio, but uh, I just I kind of overdid it, and... Uh, Anyway, so uh, what, here's, here's what was really funny to me. So at the end, like I said, the guy's super nice. He's kind of an emotional guy. He's working hard. Like he, This is his sixth event, and they're doing really good. If you're in Phoenix, you should go check it out at Rock Bar. Um, I'm not sure if it, – what's it called, Reva? Is it like uh, Rock Night or uh, – Emo Night? Em- what? Riot Night. Riot Night. Yeah, Riot Night. Check it out. It's, it it's actually is pretty fun. I, I think they do a hell of a job. But, you know, he really likes our band – and he really loves Emery, and he was getting kind of emotional. And it was funny to me because I was sitting there thinking, well, but he looked at me, and he kind of had a little bit of tears in his eyes, and he goes, <laughs> man, I just want to tell you, what you guys do means so much. You are, you are like one of my favorite bands of all time. I'm so glad you came. I really appreciate it. Anytime you want to play here again, we appreciate it. You guys are amazing. He said, I want to tell you something. I was up there, and I looked in people's eyes, uh, and I just saw people tearing up as I was throwing out beach balls and glow sticks <laughs> towards them. <laughs> and he was crying, though. He was, he was tearing up, and he meant it. Like, he was genuine doing it, but I was like, you were throwing beach balls in these people. You know, I was like, it was just a funny moment, but uh, it was a good night. I, here's what I have to say. I don't like doing extra shows, but they made it good. They, it was such a run well. They treated us right. You'll that do it, I, it was fun. I would definitely go. But yeah, I would. I hate. Normally, no, I, I would it. never want to do it. But they. I mean, they even they even paid us well. They were they were great people. That's what I'm saying. So if you're in Phoenix, go check out Riot Night up in uh, was it Scottsdale? I guess something like that. Yeah, I which think is so. Super rich. I hate. Area, I missed but. it. I, I got in my bed at 1:50 a.m. and then was on the shuttle at 4:15 to yeah. the airport. So there was no point oh, in me. Even I should have stayed. But I thought it yeah. looked like it was going to be a crazy night, good or crazy bad night. One of the two. Both, you would have had a, it, both of which yes. are my favorite type of night ever. Is a really bad night, yeah. a really good night. So hey, it was fun. Dr- drunk people talking to you. Yeah. They kind of a guy and a girl got in a fight right beside us, and he like pled his case to us a little bit like i don't know what's wrong with her man but she was mad it was just it 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 was one of those things where at at 1 a.m if you keep drinking it's gonna get fun it could get bad it could get bad but it's definitely gonna be fun the fun could turn to bad but yeah those are my everybody was smiling because it's just super weird anytime you get treated in that way it's just really weird like i remember when we were in hawaii this is true. We were in Hawaii and we got invited to go to a at, with the promoters who had brought us to Hawaii, and then we got hooked up to go to some party on the top floor of the the main Marriott Hotel in uh, Honolulu. There and we went to the top floor, and the, uh, you had to be. It was called a white party, and you had to be wearing white. Like you couldn't wear any other colors in any way. And we didn't have all. It's super fancy people wearing white New Era hats and white suits and white tuxedos and stuff like that. Pure white, not even like a black belt, nothing. So all we didn't have any all white clothes to wear to be all fancy. So we just put on uh, bed sheets like togas and went to this party yeah. at, the, at the top <laughs> floor there. And I don't even know if Toby you went because uh, you were with no, Jessica yeah, or something. Uh, yeah, but the I rest was of us went. With my and, wife <laughs> and Josh's dad went, and we just wore these bed sheets from our hotel and went up. 
there. And, and it was just all these people and bottle service, and we had a roped-off area, and Owen Wilson yeah. was there. He was like two yeah. tables over wearing a, I a white Yankees it. hat. And they were turn, would turn people. It was all VIP list people, and they would turn yeah. them away if they weren't if they had a, any clothing on that wasn't white. It was crazy. Stuff like that is just so bizarre. Like, for a, a low-down, dirty punk band that tries to say get hotels for under $65. I mean, that, And then we get in these situations like that. I think it's just super weird. But it's also exciting because maybe that nostalgia will, will keep up and us having survived the time. And I, I know our genre is a total throwback now. It almost feels like we're getting made fun of. Like, remember those old losers used to play that kind of music back? You know, it's almost a little right. twinge of insulting that you're like circus entertainment for <laughs> at, the, at the bar or something. You know what I mean? Like right. a throwback to something that used to be. <laughs> Well, I've been but thinking too. It could too, be like, a career. It could be like you play Earth, Wind, and Fire plays casinos forever. It might work out. Yeah, for you us. guys, you guys need to survive until it comes back. Well, it's not coming <laughs> well, no, back. Y'all are be still this here. Thing like playing casinos. Like if these people are in bars for with a thousand people buying drinks. There's plenty of money for us. Even if we just yeah, do like guest right. appearances and shake hands and stuff, maybe that'll work out. Well, that, that's the only thing I'm worried about is like when you see like old hair metal guys, they they yeah. still have to kind of dress hair metal. Yeah, I'm wondering, do true. we have to go back to girls' jeans and white belts? Put on a lip ring. Ch- yeah, yeah. I'll get but a clip on lip ring for those events, and we'll we'll just go around and make bank at from 1 a.m. to 4 a.m. and <laughs> places. I like still that. have my lip ring scar. So anyway, and yeah. So the only other thing was, so our tour ended in Phoenix. And so our next leg of this tour starts in San Antonio. So everybody was flying home. So I decided I could drive the bus all the way to San Antonio and park it. That way, uh, if it's a newer bus to us, it's old. It's a 1985. But uh, it, I was like, if there's any trouble, that way we'll at least be in San Antonio. We don't have to try and figure out how to get to San Antonio for the first show or the next one anyway. So I drove 1,000 miles completely by myself. And it was uh, <laughs> very... Uh, I, I want to say it was almost cathartic or good. Like it, like it was long. Like I left. Phoenix I ended up waking up really early too. I think I left at seven thirty a.m. and drove uh, into Middle Texas, past El Paso, a good ways to Fort Stockton, Texas. Stopped at a Walmart, slept there. Now here's what's always funny. You know how you just get goofy sometimes. Like I was laying there and the bus kept moving. I was like, somebody's trying to break in. So I'd go out, <laughs> nobody's there, and I left. And then I realized I'm in the middle of Texas and it's windy, and so the bus just keeps getting rocked a little bit. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like it just like it like a wind, a gust of wind will come by and it just kind of moves the bus. And I think somebody's trying to break into the bays or something. So I did that, and then I rolled into San Antonio like 2 p.m. the next day, and then I was had a flight out on Tuesday. So I, I drove Sunday and Monday all day. But what was cool was, uh, I, I think I might do this from now on, and, and I, I, here's why. I'm getting older, and I probably should have done this before, but when you're on the road, you're with all these dudes, and you're like a, a dude, just a dude. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like you eat what you want, you do what you want, all this stuff. And I felt like it was really nice. That night, I just had a little bit of a long time, and I just had a great night. It's like a great night to just relax and kind of get my head on straight. So I was really excited to see my family. Everything was better. So I, I, I got a hotel. I dropped the bus off at the store facility. Got a hotel, you know, near near the airport in uh, San Antonio. Went and worked out, sat in the jacuzzi by myself. Uh, then I walked over uh, <laughs> to nice. Applebee's and they had five ninety nine burger night because it was Monday night. I was like, yeah. oh, yes. I had a nice beer. I only had one beer, and then I walked over to Walmart. Was close, and I got the kids a present, you know, like a, a little uh, board game that they like, or Jenga game actually. But the whole thing, I was like, man, this is kind of cool. Like I've been by myself now since Sunday morning at seven in the morning, basically, and it was kind of nice. Cause I'm such a talker, and I was like, even while I was sitting in, j- in the jacuzzi, 
at the hotel. I was like, it'd be fun if the guys were here. We'd be talking and cutting up. I was like, you know what? Maybe for my brain, maybe I talk too much. Maybe like I actually really <laughs> need to force myself not to hang out with people. Like maybe I do need some getaway time. Because here's what's funny, Matt. You know this too. There's some people on tour that always seem like they go off by themselves or whatever, and I'm always like, that's a weirdo. What's wrong with them? Oh my god! But people now like I'm Joey. trying to see. Yeah, yeah. Joey has to go off and be by himself. Whenever he's on the road with us, he, he'll go, oh, I'm going to go to a coffee shop and work, or I'm, I'm going to go read or something. I'm like, what the hell is wrong with you? This is like <laughs> what we do. we got to hang out. But now I'm saying maybe I do need that. Maybe I shouldn't talk all the time. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I would know. say that probably falls in the same discussion as like meditation. You know what I'm saying? Like right. it, that's kind of like. Uh, meditation is an extreme as far as getting by yourself, focusing your thoughts, and you know, removing all distractions. So, I, yeah, I, I wouldn't say that that's out of bounds at all to say that you. May I mean, it's kind of like the Christian thing, like a quiet time where you pray and talk to God. Although I, I don't think I prayed, but I don't ever know. Whenever I'm by myself, I don't. When I talk to God, I don't think it's praying. But I guess that's what it is. But I always just think I'm just talking. Like I don't <laughs> think I'm, I'm asking for anything. Like I don't feel like I ever. When I'm by myself, like when they, when they used to say, hey, have a quiet time and pray or whatever, I just feel like I'm just talking to God. Like, yeah, I don't know how this is going to work. I don't go, God, will you work this out usually? I just go, man, I don't know what's going to happen. Like, I, it feels almost pointless. Like, I know God knows that I want him to fix something or give me a million dollars or pay my bills. <laughs> I know God knows that. So I'd rather just, I mean, if God's my friend, knower of all, I kind of just want to say, hey, man, this sucks. Let me tell you. It's, <laughs> hey, I just wish you. Y'all listen to this. Um, this guy, I, I'm actually proud of myself. I think I am really far away from Christianese now, and it's pretty cool. This guy was praying. We were on uh, a pastor phone call, a bunch of pastors uh, talking about stuff, and this guy was praying, and he said, and, and Lord, we just thank you that this person uh, was wrecked by the Holy Spirit, and something rose up in me like, oh, shit. What happened? What happened? Wreck. That's and then I was like, you oh, thought it was a physical wreck. That's a good thing. No, I was like, the Holy Spirit messed somebody. <laughs> but I seriously felt like uh, something in me be like, oh my gosh, that's bad. But it's a You're good thing into to the be new phase of your life. I mean, what's yeah. next? Yeah. I hope I the Holy Spirit like, wrecks like you the, guys. The hell thing kind of floated away from you. You're moving out of Christian knees. I, I think any moment, like next. Two months or so, you'll be Buddhist. <laughs> you're, you're as big as Buddha, so why not? Just take your shirt off and Buddha, get more relaxed. Buddha-like in many ways. Yeah. Very You're calm. very Buddha, Buddha-like. Buddha-licious. All right. Yeah, yeah, Hey, yeah. we got John Mark McMillan. Let's bring him on. Oh, yeah, yeah. I Let's talk to? to John Mark about it. I think he, yeah, I think he'll, well, maybe he spends a lot of time at nightclubs until four in the morning with bottle service, too. We'll ask him. But first... Toby, how about some Casper action? Heck yeah. Good Lord in heaven, I pray that you folks will hear me and understand that Casper mattresses will give you the best night's sleep you've ever had. I just want to say it one more time. What is holding you back from a great night's sleep? So let me give you a little bit of information about this Casper mattress because you're going to lose your mind. Casper is the sleep brand that created one perfect mattress sold directly to consumers, eliminating commission-driven inflated prices. Its award-winning sleep service was developed in-house as a sleek design and is delivered in a small how-did-they-do-that-sized box. And I'm telling you, it's so cool. When it's delivered to your house, you're like, 
no way my mattress is in there. And then later that night, you're like, oh my God, I'm in heaven. It's unbelievable. Casper makes premium mattresses and sells it online for a fraction of what it would cost in a store. Their business works by continuously developing their mattress using feedback of nearly half a million customers. Real customers have said the mattress is like sleeping on brioche and like being cradled by a tingling of a baby's laughter in the moonlight. My God, what are you waiting for, folks? Order online is delivered to your door in a compact box, free shipping and free returns. Can I say that again? Free shipping and free returns. It's available in the US, Canada, and now UK. Considering we spend one third of our lives on a mattress, it's so important to truly sleep on a mattress before committing. That's why Casper gives you 100 nights to try it. I'm uh, good, God. So let me tell you you get $50 towards any mattress purse purchase by visiting casper.com forward slash bc pod and using our promo code bc pod all right you got that casper sleep better use the promo code bc pod all right hey john mark it sounds like you must be watching the bc pod live on facebook is that the case i am i want some context (laughs) (laughs) all right i want to start this with uh john you hit me up and you had your uh CD release, well, it's a, a listening party, I guess. I'm sorry, a listening party is what it's called. And it was funny because um, it was kind of cool because my wife and I got a night out and uh, I walked in, they gave me, so I got a free drink and then my wife doesn't drink and then you handed me a free drink ticket too. So I was like, hell yeah, this, is, this thing's going good already. All right. But uh, it, it was funny because I'd never, I don't think I've ever done a listening party before. So, so I didn't know what to expect and I was like, are we all going to sit here quietly? Is it going to be uncomfortable? My wife was like, what, what's it going to be like? So, I wanted to thank you for inviting us first, and it was a really cool party. Like, it, I, I thought it was neat that you rented out a bar, and everybody was just hanging out and talking, and just the music you'd play over, you kind of explain the music a little bit, but then let the music kind of speak for itself, and this was in Nashville. It's been about a week or so ago, but I want to tell you, Joey was like, hey, man, he had listened to the record before me. He's like, this record's good. I mean, it, it is really good. And like, he was, say, he was referring to, like, Kings of Leon and stuff. I was like, really? Well, I, was, I, I just didn't expect it, but... <laughs> <laughs> I, here's what I want to say. I, I was blown away. I really was. Like I, I was sitting there talking with people. There was a, you know, several industry people there. I was talking to a, an older fellow who was really nice. But I was trying to get out of the conversation because I was like, man, this record is legit. Like I, I mean, it is really good. It's called Mercury and Lightning. You can tell us when it's coming out. I think you can pre-order it now. And I know we're going to talk more about a bunch of stuff. But I, first of all, was just like, man, this is this is a serious record. I, 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 it's, okay. it's the first. I, it's, I just want to be totally honest. I love the song, you know, uh, how he loves, and I know that's what you're known for, all this stuff. But that to me is the Christian stuff that I don't totally get into. Kind of push me out, like not you specifically, but when I think about a lot of a lot of the Christian music stuff, I have a bad taste in my mouth. When I think about music that is uh, that can sing about God or whatever, I usually just can't get into it. And especially just in the musical sense, take away even the lyrics, just the music to me doesn't appeal to me at all. Uh, it feels like it's trying to copy other stuff. This record is not trying to copy anything, man. It is legit. And I'm definitely brown nosing you right now, but it is, <laughs> it's a legit record, dude. I, I, I can't wait to get my hands on it. Yeah, it's, uh, I would say for me, it's the, it's the most taken in by any album that, at least in the last three years for me. I mean, it's just like, how how the songs are crafted and you know i was uh i was i mean texting. joey joey our, our two or three of our records came out 
too, and Emory yeah. and Matt and Toby and stuff. So, oh yeah, I love uh, the, the. Oh, I already told you the Matt, new Matt and Toby is revolutionary. But, what else but, do you want from me? <laughs> well, you just said that John Marks is taking you in more than any other record. <laughs> no record has touched you. <laughs> And it's great. I mean, <laughs> it's 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 awesome. Hey, I I was texting back and forth with you, and I I don't know if this if this came across clear or not. But what what do you think? I mean, I I know you don't lose any sleep over it, but do you think that like Toby was mentioning your um, you know that your history of worship songs and everything, and and I mean, I, I'll be the first one to admit, I know that you wrote he loves us i think that's what it's called but i just this is really this is the first album that i've really been introduced to your music and uh how how much will people be affected by you being tagged a worship music writer as far as this album being exposed to more people do you think that puts any limitations on this album i mean it might we we definitely like at one point had a radio partner um, I got a, some. I worked with some great radio guys, but we had another partner who was stoked about using the song and then about uh, running. What was the song? The Wilder Love song. And uh, yeah. he looked. He looked me up online and saw all my like worship stuff and bailed. <laughs> you know. Yeah. Oh, really? so, like, no way. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. That doesn't happen a lot, but sometimes I think it's tough. Like I feel like if this album gets reviewed on Pitchfork, they're gonna hate it just because they <laughs> look me up. You know what I mean, but see, pitch and pitchfork is who I think of. Like I, I would love. I mean, I would love when December rolls around to click on that top fifty albums of the year. This belongs on it, but I, I just I, I don't I I don't know if that happens to people that wrote worship music. Yeah, you should have never done that, man. You should have never wrote songs <laughs> to God. Dang it! I'm just kidding. Well, I, hey, go ahead. Go ahead. No, no, I. I don't. I don't hate worship music. Like I, I like leading oh, worship I and singing it. But you know, also that worship money helped me do whatever I wanted to do on For the sure. record. So that was sure. awesome. You know. So I well, right. What I was going to say though, John, what's really cool about it though is you didn't let that stop you from making this record. Totally. Like, it, regardless of liking it or not, like or whatever. Like you are growing as a musician, and, and and that's what I'm saying. Like the song, even the worship songs you've written have had a huge effect and impact on people, and even your life and other people's life. So, and I'm I'm a big proponent of never disliking any re- music or record you ever wrote because that's who you were then, and and Heck I just yeah. like that the progression. Like even. <clears throat> I think you were heading this way even on your last. It was the last record, Borderland. Yep. What? Yeah. I think you were heading this way, but uh, I just think this one was just. It, it just. It's one of those records where I was just caught immediately, and I, I mean, I really was. Like I was sitting there having a pretty good conversation. I was like, "Whoa, this is something here." Like you know, when you hear when you hear a record, you go, "Wait, this is different." There's something. There is some heart. There's some soul here. You can really tell it, and and. I think you even said, hadn't you been working? You've been working on this record for a long time. A long time. Yeah, like we started it in December of 15. So Golly. that's when we tracked the first track. Wow. Yeah. It was, dude, this was a really hard record to finish. Like, I, I feel like I had a faith crisis right in the middle. And I don't know if you've ever experienced this, but like sometimes at the end of a show, you go out and you talk to fans. And like sometimes someone will come up to me and they'll just tell me, like, you know, you changed my life. I was going through this or. Your song totally changed my life, and uh, you, I don't know that. I feel like there's a lot of pressure with that. Then all oh, of a sudden, yeah. I'm like, I'm like, are these songs gonna change people's lives? Like that song. I mean, you feel a little bit of an expectation, you know. And 
people do look to me for some sort of... I mean, maybe they don't. Maybe it's just my ego. But I feel like you put records out and people want some sort of leadership or spiritual guidance in the music. And then I'm like in this moment where I'm like, I don't know anything anymore. You know? Yeah. And so it kept yeah. me from trying to... It kept me from finishing the record. It's like, I don't know what to tell people right now. So I... I think can you, I just can you tell to, us more about that? Like when you say I don't, I don't, I don't really know what I think anymore. Like give give us some specifics with what that means. Yeah, for sure. And I I grew up like I had a great church situation growing up. Like I know a lot of people had bad, and I know a lot of bad things that happened in church. But like my parents were pastors, and we you know they pastored a little church. Then my dad went on to a bigger church, and for the most part, I had good experiences. You know. Even though I know, looking back, weird things happen. And, but for the most part, so, like, I'm not, I wasn't, like, angry, um, you know, but I reached this point where I was like, I just don't know if I understand. Am I making any sense at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, like, no, I, yeah, I'm sure that's the way a lot of people feel, and it's hard to I- express. What, I mean, you use the word faith crisis. That's yeah, yeah. probably hard to explain that because yeah, yeah. it's so, you know, it's not something that's easy to articulate because it's a deep thing but even saying vague things about it it's a good start but let's let's do let's talk about this a little bit tell tell just tell us what it felt like yeah yeah for sure so i think that i, I know i have a good friend who uh he sort of lost his faith and he talks about how it's like your dad dying you know but you can't tell anybody you know and so i had the i, I feel like there were moments when i was like i don't know if god is real you know i i think that more than anything i wanted to understand god and know God and I think that the mystery uh, was hard for me because I came to this of this situation where everything was very certain God is this and like this and this happened and this happened this is the way things are and then I found myself one day thinking like I don't know if I believe all that I don't know that I really know that that's the way things are you know, and it sent me into a little bit of a spiral I think too like mm-hmm. family life I have beautiful kids and beautiful wife and like it is a little, you ever feel a little bit guilty where you're like I have everything I want and I'm not happy yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know like I literally I have I mean I've had some hard times in my life but not really you know I've lost some friends mm-hmm. and gone through some difficult times but for the most part like I have a great career I have beautiful kids like have an amazing wife I'm like Oh, dude, your wife is just, oh my gosh. She, Smoking oh. hot, right. Well, why am I not, why am I not happy, you know? Well, right. So, not happy, right. is, is that, was that was easy for you to identify? Like, could you say clearly you were unhappy? Yeah, there were moments when I was unhappy, or dealing with anxiety. I was like, mm-hmm. why am I losing my mind right now? I have everything. Tell us about the anxiety, How, what is that specifically like? Yeah, where'd that come from? Did, did you always had it? I think I always had it, but I think that, um... I didn't know what it was, you know. I just thought it's me having a bad day, you know. But I remember uh, specifically when things sort of pile on top of each other. So I'm getting ready for this tour, and I'm trying to finish up. This is probably three years ago. So I'm getting ready for this tour, trying to finish up some songs. And then I got in a big argument with my wife, and that was sort of like the straw that broke the camel's back. And then I just shut down. Like, you know, remember the old Mac computer where the little thing starts spinning? Yeah. yeah, like that yeah. was me. It was like I could not focus on one thing. It's like I, my mind wouldn't allow me, and I kind of freaked out. And we did this tour, and I was in Atlanta, and I remember being on the stage, and I was like, I feel nothing tonight, which is weird because normally, like when I'm with the crowd, like I love it, even if I'm, I'm having the worst day. 
like being on the stage and being with people and singing the songs, like I feel awesome. And I'll get off the stage and go back to having a bad day. But I love those moments, right? I remember being on the stage and like, why do I not care? Like, what is going on with me? And I, I think it was like two thirds of the way through, I just walked off. That's Toby in the, in all the, the middle time. of your set. Good lord. <laughs> Say what? You walked in the off middle the, of your set? Yeah, I walked off in the middle of the set. I think we played long enough that people thought, you know, we gave them a good show. But it's like two thirds of the way through, I was losing my mind. I just walked off. Oh, I walked wow. off and I walked downstairs to the green room and I texted some of my friends. I'm like, I'm losing it. I just felt like I was losing my mind, you know. And I think that this what is it, what, what a year ago, year and a half. This is probably three years ago. Three years ago, maybe three years wow. ago, and that's when I realized, like, oh, I have a problem with anxiety. And I think what it was is I wanted to control everything, you know. Like I, I wanted yeah. to be in control of everything. I wanted to make sure my family was safe, and I wanted to control my eternal, <laughs> you know, whatever, you yep. know. But that thing in the back of my head was like. Maybe God's not real. Maybe this whole thing is just you and your culture and the right. way you grew up. You know, but I wouldn't deal with it. You know, I just push it away. But it was really healthy to deal with and I I actually feel like I it took me a couple of years to work through it. You know, but it created a lot of anxiety for me though. Yeah. Well, especially since you're in that that Christian world too. That that is one of the biggest things that I think is the the, wor- the the thing that nobody talks about, the thing that nobody understands, and the thing that everybody's scared about is, like what you just said is, it took me several, like you had this crisis, you started realizing what was going on, your brain was kind of even screwing around with you, you were going through a bunch of stuff, and h- how do you, in that world, tell people, hey, I'm questioning God right now. People will jump to conclusions like, oh my gosh, but I actually think we need that time. Like, It might take years. It might take the rest of our life to, to try and work stuff out and wrestle with God. Like, I, I, I really feel like so much, uh, we, we diminish so much wrestling with God. Like, I, totally. like I, I really think that's important. Like, God, why? Or are you real? I want to know. Like, that is seeking God as much as doing your quiet time and reading your Bible and praying. Like questioning God, those doubts, you don't have to be scared of them. In fact, if God is real, he'll answer. So that's what I love hearing stuff like that when you say, it, it took me two years to even kind of get back to a little bit of normalcy. Is that, is that what you're saying? Like, Yeah, yeah, totally. And, I, it t- yeah, and it was an up and down thing. It wasn't like I made this one conclusion. It was sort of like right. every day was different. You yeah. know? And I think for me, the, like, it, the best day of my life after that moment, um, was, I was on an airplane, and I was flying home from Portland, Oregon. And I remember, I was reading a book, what was that, it's probably a Richard Rohr book or something, but I remember thinking, like, I am not in control, and actually, that is awesome. Oh, you're not supposed yeah. to read no Richard Rohr. That's the bad. I know, That's seriously, the wrong. you're gone. Yeah, yeah. You, you had thousands of people write you off right yeah. now. <laughs> What's next, Rob Bell? But I know, for real. I, I just remember, <laughs> but I remember thinking, I was on the airplane, I was like, everything's going to be okay. Everything's going to be the way it is, you know, and it's not up to me to change reality. It's just up for me to engage with reality, and it's it's not up to me to make God who he's going to be or who he's not going to be. It's up to me just to try and engage with who God is, you know, and and, and I let go in that moment, and that was like one of the best moments of my life. I didn't let go of my faith in that moment. I let go of my um, my trying to control it or my trying to um, fully understand it, you know. 
So John, John, Mark, why, why you and not other people? So, and what I mean by that is, why do you still have your faith where other people that face those crossroads, they're gone? Yeah, I, man, I don't really know to be honest. Yeah, yeah, that's a question I have too. Yep, I don't really like. I, I, I remember I've talked about this before. I remember Toby and I talking to Dave Bazan in nineteen spring of nineteen ninety eight. And I mean, it was just this dude on fire for Christ and Holy Spirit this, and I feel convicted to do this, and Jesus this, and Jesus that, and super cool, super authentic, super real, and it's just like, he he got to those same crossroads, and he was just like, yeah, God's not real. Hmm. It's just crazy. Yeah. Did y'all hear, Joey, I don't, you didn't know this, and I don't, I don't, John Mark, did you play before, after Dave at Audio Feed, right? Yeah, Totally. Well, yeah. uh, Andy from Lowercase Noises, we left the next day, so we didn't get to see that set. I don't know if you got to see it or not. I know this is a side topic, but I find it relevant. But, Joey, you didn't know this, but Andy said that when he got done with his set, I, th- I think he said a few combative things during the set. And then when he got done, he said something along the lines of, you people are ruining this country. You need to get your heads out of your asses to the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Feed. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> you know, he did. Is that true? What, do you, did you catch what he said exactly? I don't know if that's Totally. Exactly. He did say that, but you know, the crowd loved him, and I feel like they understood him, and it was all yeah. very tongue in cheek. So he was, okay. the crowd was kind of laughing and crying all night, you know what I mean? Like, and so he kind of said it, and everybody laughed. Like it was not tense at all. You that know, cool. and afterwards, he and I, you know, we talked. Did he mean for it to be tense? Would be my question there. I don't yeah, think so. Interesting. I don't think he meant for it to be tense. I, I think it was, I think honestly, what he was doing was he was diffusing. Mm-hmm. the intensity and he before I can't remember what he said before that but he said some really sweet things and some really kind of kind things he talked about his kids a little bit and like so I think he really connected with the crowd in that way and then what he said at the end I think was it was a little bit of his way of poking at everybody but mm-hmm. yeah. people yeah. laughed like I I didn't feel like it was super weird and I mean the crowd was pretty cool anyway I feel like the crowd was pretty much up for anything you yeah, know because yeah. he you know but I did like you know, we came on after him, and I think maybe we brought a little bit more hopeful view of the world. <laughs> no. I, you know, some people, shoot, I, I, I don't understand people. I love Dave Bazan. His music's awesome. He was super kind afterwards. It wasn't weird oh, between just, us at he's all. He's one of my favorite yeah. people in the world. I mean, he's so awesome. So hey, um, I, you, you mentioned to me that this is probably the most honest you've ever been in your music and you even said something along the lines of it's the first time where you completely you were assertive and not catering to CCM uh, I want to talk about that but let's give people some context Matt and why don't you just play a, a clip of this album that we oh, keep raving idea. about yeah, I do have a clip give me a second I have a clip that, of this record right here but I don't want to play the wrong thing sorry I lost my clip, but I'll find it one second. It's, everybody, it's the thirty. Uh, what track three, is it? I mean, you uh, set it up. I'm I'm linking to it. Yeah, right now. yeah. So, um, basically, it is. <laughs> it's called Unhaunted. I've got it right here. Yeah, and it's track five. Is that right? That sounds about right. <laughs>
Yeah, that's good stuff, John. Dude, thanks. It's uh. Wait, Joey got a whole copy of the record. I don't have one. I'll send you one. Okay. It's uh. It's if I had to describe, and I'm always a little hesitant to describe people's albums in front of them because they're like, "Oh, that doesn't sound too good." But it's it's like pop. It's dark a little bit. There's like a there's like a dark vibe to it, and it's very '80s. So I, I just these songs are so freaking catchy, and yet it's it's not catchy in a bubblegum sort of way. I mean, I just I I can't. I, I actually had to tell I, I, uh, John, Mark, and I were texting back and forth when I was on vacation. I actually had to preface once and said, "Look, this is the last time I'm going to text you about this album." But <laughs> I mean, it's just I could not stop well, listening. Let to me it. give just... everybody a tip. This is is true for people and their what their comparisons are and music. There's probably more areas that are like this, but at least with music and people, people don't like. There's almost no good comparisons to make. So there's probably a few yeah. albums that are universally like you know I, I don't even know. You could say it was like the first Beatles album without it sounding like an insult. But almost everything you compare something to musically or try to say what genre is or what you think it sounds like is going to come across like an insult. Just like if you tell a person, hey, you kind of look like, and you name a person, another person you know or a celebrity, they'll all almost always take offense to it no matter what oh you look like a short uglier tom hanks or whatever <laughs> you know it, it, even if you say you look like you look like Kiefer sutherland the person will think it must be the bad part of, you know people take the worst assumptions so if you're gonna try to describe music don't say hey that reminds me of the Katy perry album i mean it, it'll right, sound like right. you know it just doesn't ever it just doesn't ever work so try yeah toby put in college toby put me up to telling a a black woman that she looked like Whoopi goldberg and i thought that was going <laughs> to be the I thought that was going to be the greatest compliment ever and I didn't know that was like not no, a good a, thing right but, it, but, it, but people will always take it negatively I'm sure that's about one of the worst things you could do <laughs> but um but but just say what it if you do want to talk about John Mark's music tell how it makes you feel that well, will well, always that's work. What, yeah well that's what I was going to say just listening to it the even the limited amount I have I think there's a real thing with uh and John that's what I want to ask you too like I think what you've been going through mentally, emotionally, spiritually, uh, it, it feels like uh, it's become, you're becoming a little more fearless. And, and I, I want to say, I think you might have always had that in you, but uh, even with like sloppy wet kiss, I remember that was like the biggest craziest. Everybody's like, no, we can't do that. You know, like that. <laughs> in Unforeseen. Its own way, in, in its own way, like that pushed limits and i don't want to even go back to that so what the, my point i'm getting there is i think you've always had that in there and then i feel like i mean it seems to me like maybe god really did give you a little bit of a faith crisis maybe god allowed stuff to happen to go you know what i i'm not in control so i can't i can be a little fearless like your music is becoming like take like, what i love what my favorite band of all time is queen and i love that they could be so over the top and and like royalty like you know just it feels like purple and gold and all this stuff and at the same time they captured just that pop feel and that those lyrics sometimes were the some of the darkest lyrics you could write like don't stop me now it feels like freddie mercury was was gay and maybe hiding or something like I just want to have this one damn night where I can just be me and have a good time and I feel like you're capturing that like I feel like you really are being honest in a way that is isn't only dark like Joey was saying it's not it's like it's it feels heavy in the most poppy way though like that's what I love I love that kind of music when you're able to to mix that together and do you feel that do you feel like you're able are you becoming more artistic or, or what, what do you think when you were writing this well, I feel like, like the I product now. Yeah, I well, 
I mean, I want to say that I feel less intimidated now by trying to be myself. I, I but it did take me two years <laughs> to do it, and I think right. a lot of that was wrestling with like, can I say this? What do I really want to say? And honestly, I I think I probably tried to write some worship songs in the beginning, and it's like I just this isn't working right now, you know. And I maybe I even subconsciously I think sometimes I think about what people want, mm-hmm. you know. But then I think the producer I was working with we kind of stumbled on some things we liked and we're like, you know, for the most part, I do kind of what I want and what, you know, inspires me. And so maybe, I mean, I know if there's this type of song, a worship song or something, then those people get an inroad to the conversation or whatever. And I was like, well, maybe this is just time to do that record that doesn't have one, you know? Funny enough, though, like, the last song on the record actually happened while I'm writing the record. I'm like, I guess we're not going to have a worship song. And then the song Nothing Stands Between Us just kind of yeah. happened. I was like, I genuinely love this song. Like, yeah. it's a worship song, but I love it, you know? And yeah. it, to me, it fit with the conversation, you know? So ex- explain more what it looks like to not cater to CCM in this in this particular album. And, and please correct me if I'm misquoting you. Is it yeah, a, like you is said, it, it risky? Is, is, this, is this a worship album? Well, I mean, I used to say all that they're all worship albums. And in a sense, it is, you know? There's a lot of talk about God, a lot of engaging with that sort of conversation. There's some layers, too. Like, I feel like I'm, I, I, I'm not an incredible intentional writer. Like, sometimes I write stuff and i got to ask myself, what am I actually saying? You know, I have to stand back and, and I'll see stuff later that, like, man, I was going through that and I was writing about it and I didn't even know, you know. So, like, even that song, Unhaunted, is like me saying, like, I don't want to be unhaunted by God. Like, I, I'm really struggling with this here, but I don't want to you know but then there's also my wife and I are having a little bit of a rocky time you know and so it's like hey I I don't want to I don't want to just live in this house and not have your spirit here like I don't you know what I mean so it's sort right. of both those things happen at the same time so I'm seeing that so I don't always know what's going on I guess what was the question I totally lost track <laughs> well, is well, it is risky it like, to not do a CCM thing here it can be and what does that look like in this album? Like people that listen to all of your stuff, like what what sets this album differently that that uh, made you say that? Well, I feel like in the past I always tried to have a couple of songs that were more sing along songs that people, yeah, you know. So I've never connected in quote you know within the Christian world there's sort of these sub genres, you know. So like as far as radio goes, I've had other people have big radio success with my songs, but I've never been much of a CCM radio guy. Um, I have written worship songs, so you know how a song can get big either from the radio or because a lot of people are playing it in church different ways, people hear your music, you know. So I've always felt like I need to have a corporate worship song. You know, there's got to be one yeah. of those out there. There's going to be people who don't buy the record, you know. I feel like I did a record a while back that didn't do as well, and part of it didn't have a great corporate worship song on it, you know. But what's funny is my buddy Gabe, the producer, was like, He's like, man, he's like, no one sings Future Past. <laughs> he's like, so that wasn't really a corporate worship song. He's like, if you really want to do that, you're going to have to try harder. He's like, or let's just make a record that you and I think is important. You know? And and so that's what that's what we did, you know? So I don't know if that really answered your question. I guess what it means mm-hmm. to not cater yeah. to CCM is they do want to hear specific words, and they want specific sounds, and there's certain things they want you to say, and they want you to... I feel like in a lot of ways, the way you make, uh, and I don't do this, but I feel like in a lot of ways, the way you have a hit song is you tell people what they already want to hear, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if you challenge people, that's it's hard to sell music that's challenging. 
So are you worried right. about that? I mean, like you said, there was money associated with the money you made from doing worship songs and having other people have commercial success with your songs allowed you to do this. Does that mean, is there part of you that thinks maybe if you are true to yourself here and make this record that it will do well on its own? Or have you almost accepted the fact that it may make you less money and that's okay? I actually, you know, at first I did. I thought that it's not going to do as well. But here's what's really interesting is I've realized there are so many people having these types of conversations right now. I actually yeah, think I actually right. think it'll do well. Like, I, and I feel like people like good music, and I feel like we can we can market and reach people outside of that bubble. So, in a sense, mm-hmm. I feel like I might actually do better with this record because I feel like the and like I don't want to say negative. I don't dislike the music that I've made, you know. And I'm not anti worship, you know. I I don't like the way a lot of modern worship songs sound, but you know, I'm not anti worship in theory. You know, but um, like I do feel like it was a little bit of a crutch, and it's like I'm trying to keep one foot in this world and one foot outside of that world, and I feel like that's actually yeah. hurt me, to be honest, because I haven't allowed myself like mm-hmm. the songs you hear on this record. A lot of these songs I may not have allowed myself to write in the past, you know, and I yeah. actually think those songs are going to reach further in another direction. Well, I think it on something important that's going on. You mentioned, I don't remember how you phrased it a second ago, but something about how people, a lot of people are going through similar stuff or moving in a direction. And that's something that I've certainly believe or observed, have observed. Uh, and I, I even think with you, like uh, knowing you a little bit for a, several years, it, and Toby mentioned this before, it seems like you're moving in a direction and it feels to me like a good direction, but maybe that's just because it's the same direction I've been moving in. But you can't discount the fact that maybe it used to be you're either on this team or you leave and go do this other thing. But if you look at what's going on, the amount of people that are migrating away from a something that, that we all know there's something fucked up about. We know that there is. There's a lot of people migrating in a lot of directions, and it'd be you wouldn't want to underestimate, and I don't think you have, uh, how many people that it might speak directly to that are in part of that migration and, and, and you know, having the same types of thoughts you do. So it may just speak to, to a, that what I'd be hopeful for is that it may just speak to people like that. If, I mean, for instance, the stuff we do, is more successful now, I would say. We sell more Emory tickets since podcast is doing well. And if that gives anybody a little bit of freedom, that's kind of what we've always thought. It's like, well, we'll go out here and be asses and be as honest as we can. If that lets other people feel a little bit more comfortable doing that, good. And then, of course, there's people like the liturgists and stuff. And I know they're doing better than they, than they probably would have done. And I'm not comparing you directly to, to that. But I think there's enough people that are waking up and trying to be brave and trying to be honest and authentic that that in itself is a large amount of people. Totally. You know, and it's an honest thing, and so it's certainly a better a better way to go, I think. So I've, I'm hopeful in, in that regard that every – I believe that just with what I see with the people who are willing to put themselves out there and be honest and not cater to a, a market, whether it be podcasting, music, preaching, anything – it seems to be being rewarded more and more every day. So I'm very big on, on movement, not even not even in a particular direction. I've got no goal. I have no end destination, but I'm moving, and I like people who are moving. I like things that are moving because nothing stays the same anyway. So good, good. I'm glad to see. Yeah. I'm glad to see that if I'm interpreting it correctly. Well, yeah. John, if you can put it in a nutshell, what, what would you say this album's about, like lyrically? What, what, what were you trying to capture with the with your lyrics, you think? Man, I, I think this album is about me struggling with my faith, honestly. It's like I didn't know how to do a worship album because I was struggling with my faith. And it's like, well, maybe I'll just do an album about struggling with my faith. 
you know. And then yeah. at the end, I kind of reached some resolve, you know, which is funny. So I was afraid to do the record because I didn't know how people would feel. And then at the end of it, it's like, wow, I kind of know how I feel now that I've finished the record that's, you know. So it's. Yeah. So you yeah. mean to tell me that when people buy this album, they get to experience your faith journey, brother? <laughs> my midlife that crisis. Just... This record is literally like, <laughs> welcome to my midlife crisis. <laughs> hey, is, <laughs> is there any. Um, like having having gone what 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 you have called like a faith crisis yep. it, what are the major maybe one or two major changes of who John Mark McMillan is as a as a person as a christian however but how how are you different now having gone through that like Joey, maybe, that's a hell of a question Joey that's you're a looking question. for a specific uh point of doctrine or so let's get just do that yeah Let's get as specific as you're willing to go on something you may not think that you used to think. Yeah. Okay, you want to go that direction. Look, can I say something else first? How oh, yeah. yes. Let me say, one way I've changed in a more general way is I feel like I have more empathy for people. Like, what I've, kind of people? I think all kinds of people. Like, For one, I feel like I'm a, not as hard on other people as I used to be. Because I used to feel like I had it all together and I feel like I knew everything. You know, I feel like I had it all. I knew the answer to everything. And then when you go from knowing everything to not knowing everything, then all of a sudden it makes you feel differently about other people. You know, even people people yeah. in ministry, you know, I feel like I'm more open to um, atheists and megachurch pastors. You know, like I feel yeah. like I have a little bit more um, empathy for all types of people because I, <laughs> I had it together and then I didn't. And I feel like I lost my yeah. mind and... And for a minute and you know so I think that in general that's not really a doctrine you know mm -hmm. I, man I don't know a specific doctrinal thing I think that I hold it all a little more loosely than I used to you know and yeah. I feel like the Jesus way is just the be is the better way and I feel like the Jesus way is I, this is what's interesting is I feel like the Jesus way is so much different than the way that I thought Christianity was you know the word Christianity means of Christ right but it's become it's come to mean something different now. Mm -hmm. It sort of defines a culture, and but you know if it's of Christ or if it's the Christ way, you know it's like how can we love our enemies and then tell people they can't you know come into our country in the same yeah. way? You know it's a little yeah. difficult. You know it's hard. So yeah, it's crazy. I, I was reflecting reflecting on this the other day and how I, I I have to go so far as to use the word majority. The majority of my belief system that I've lived the majority of my life was a scam. And, a scam? And it was, it, it, yeah, yeah, and, and I don't, you can say, you could say it's a scam by Satan, you could say it's a scam by a spirit of religion, you could say it's a scam by my mental illness, but basically the system that I was operating in mentally, emotionally, spiritually on a day-to-day -day basis, which included guilt, condemnation, I have everything figured out, all this responsibility is on my shoulders, it, I was living in a fictitious world. Like it was not reality, and that you know sometimes I can actually start getting bummed out about what I feel I was robbed of. Well, I kind of agree with you, Joey. I, I feel like for so long, I really was taught American Jesus. That's just yeah. what I feel like I was taught. Like I just there was no separation from like what 
was right and wrong and Jesus was hard on the wrong. And it just, when I read the Bible, I don't see that Jesus as much anymore. Like it, it feels like my whole life, we just kind of like just skimmed over parts where Jesus literally didn't hang out with the Pharisees and did hang out with prostitutes and tax collectors. And probably that would be like, you know, drug dealers or bad people or whatever. Like Jesus was there hanging out and they, I, there's no chance that those people thought, man, God, this guy is just telling me about himself and how he's going to save me all the time. No, they thought Jesus was cool. Jesus was not going around all the time going, hey, man, I'm going to, uh, you better get right. Are you going to nail it? No, he was just like loving people. And of course, it's not just love. I, I, I don't like, I think love is the, one of the most ill-used words now that it's just said for everything. But I do think that once we start realizing, like you said, John, I think what you're kind of talking about here is what, what I'm trying to learn even more, because I'm nowhere near as graceful or kind or forgiving as you, but I'm learning that <laughs> we it, know. as cheesy as it sounds, everybody is trying something. That might be the wrong thing at that time. It might be the right thing at that time, but everybody's trying something to understand this world that we live in, and I've just been so harsh on people, like just so harsh and tough because I you know, my upbringing and stuff said, well, this is right and this is wrong. And it's just not that black and white. And anybody that says it is like, I, I just heard a pastor talking about, uh, sex before marriage is wrong. And it's this, this and, I, and I'm just like, okay, but what is the point of saying that sex before marriage is wrong when probably 95% of people are having sex before marriage? Like, let's, let's talk about why they are. Let's explain things. Let's talk about all, let's, let's really get some real information as opposed to this is right, this is wrong, this is America, this is Christ, this is you know uh, the bad guys, these are the good guys. It's just not that simple, and, mm-hmm. and that's what that that's why I think uh, most Christian music is safe and plays to that. Like you're saying, John, I thought that was a great line there. If you want to have a hit record, write what people want, and they're gonna, you know what I mean, or what they're already thinking, or preach you, it. That, that's what, yeah, or preach it. That's exactly yeah. right. You know what I mean? Like, you, there's tons of preachers out there preaching about or were about how bad Obama is and how great Trump is. And I'm just like that totally misses the Good point. Good for but numbers. All, all that to say, I do believe though. What it seems like, just I think the first time we met you, I don't even know if you remember this, but we did like a panel at uh, in Australia. Yeah. And, and we met you there, and, and I'll be honest, I was like, well, we'll probably never like this guy. I don't think he likes us. <laughs> I just thought, he, there's no way this guy likes us. He probably thinks we're doofuses or whatever. And, and I'm, I was putting that on you. That, that wasn't the, what you were putting off, but I, I do that. My, fir- my first impressions of people are always just horrific. Like You I, want like to Matt, write people off. You just want to. Yeah, yeah. It's more convenient. Matt, Matt, Matt and Joey, I thought I'll never – my th- Matt, Joey, and Devin, three closest friends in the world – I thought for sure I'd never be friends with him ever I didn't like you I like uh what was his name uh Joey I didn't even like you I didn't I, I hated Matt anyway all that to be said like I, I really do see like I, w- I would have just thrown your music to the side I would have never even listened to your music but now I'm starting to see like oh wait a minute this guy is being artistic and, and I really think you're right I think it is gonna do good I think bands like you King's Kaleidoscope are r- bringing back art to Christian music uh, to, to, or to so talking about God like action it's art who would have thought Christian music could be good? <laughs> That's crazy. I mean, you're you're. I think you're positioning yourself. I think you're an early adapter, and yeah. people are going to really appreciate that. And and I would even say, and I don't want you to answer this question, but like, I think this can be a worship album. I don't think it has. To, I don't think we have to classify it that way. But I think you're talking about God in a real way, and I don't. I don't think that's not worship. I don't think this. I think this. These songs should be sung in church. I think it's okay because the people in the pews 
are going through this stuff. Mm-hmm. They're, they, they're questioning. They're, they're having doubts. They're wondering about all kinds of things that are going on in the world. And to not allow people to explore a little bit and wrestle with it. I mean, mm-hmm. do you hope, is that kind of one of your goals for this record? Like to maybe open people's minds, give them, let them maybe experience some of the empathy you've been feeling? Yeah, totally. I really do. I really do hope they feel that, you know. And I, there's a lot of people out there who are afraid to deal with what they're dealing with or talk about what they're going through. And I, I hope this record gives them some permission to do that. You know, I hope this record gives people permission to deconstruct, but I also hope it gives people permission to reconstruct too and see that it doesn't have to be a one-way thing, you know. Yeah. yeah. That we can kind of uh, embrace everybody, you know, and that there's a lot to talk uh-huh. about and there's a lot to go through and life is not about landing in a specific place. I mean, if you look at the Psalms, like when Jesus was on the cross and he said, you know, you know, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That's He's quoting the Psalms. So someone wrote that and sang it in worship, right? Yeah. Why would yeah. it be there if we didn't at times need to say the same thing, right? right. Like, yeah, obviously, right. that's all included. Like, if you want to talk about, quote, biblical Christianity or biblical worship, like, that's even there too you know what i mean yeah. like and that's for us you know the well, whole conversation is, is worship yep this has been awesome i want to just give you a warning that um years ago we had lecrae on the show and within a week he was on jimmy fallon and his album was number one yeah, worldwide just so, so you know that yeah just letting you know Dude, uh, I'll, I'll hold, take that. hold on to your butts man <laughs> Uh, also, you but, mentioned but right that, after that, his career torpedoed straight down, and he's not doing this good anymore. <laughs> so be aware of that too. <laughs> um, also, you mentioned King's Kaleidoscope. King's Kaleidoscope is going to be on tour with John Mark coming up oh, in the right. fall too. So Man, you got dates. You got dates. You got like three long. Le- how, how many tour dates are you doing? You're doing the whole country coming up, right? Yeah, we're doing most of the country. So we're doing 36 dates, three legs: September, October, November. And King's Kaleidoscope is doing the whole October leg, which is the biggest. <laughs> leg and um yeah that's that happens in the fall so we're stoked about that those guys are great yeah that's going to be really good i think there's a lot of west coast dates and some of out west and west coast on that and so where do you like tell people to go to your website to get tickets records what do you what do you want people to do yep go to the website johnmarkmcmillan.com for all that stuff yeah you can get tickets you can pre-order mercury and lightning right now yeah if you pre-order it the pre-order, everyone who pre-orders it gets the record tomorrow on Friday. Oh, nice. Nice. Yeah. nice. Well, let me give everybody a tip here. If people are doing stuff, I mean, you know, it ain't charity. If you like that music and you heard it, whatever. But if you see people doing stuff that's uh, against the grain or new or valuable in some way, it's, it, I, I'm going to say it's kind of your duty to support it. I, you don't have to. And again, yeah. it's not charity. But it, you you will feel good about taking the extra step to buy a t-shirt, a ticket, bring somebody to the show, buy an album that you normally would stream or whatever it would be. Um, and that's not a guilt thing, but I, I would just suggest the more people support stuff like that, the more of it there will be. So that's just a general tip for everybody. So support John Mark, King's Kaleidoscope, and, you know, Bad Christian Podcast too. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right. Bye. Thanks, John. Yeah, thanks, thanks guys. Man. All right. Very good. Yeah, and you, and it, you really, guys. it really is a good record, though. I mean, it really is. Like, I'm yeah, not we're, just, I don't, we're I don't not blowing smoke. Much. I think it, people yeah. got the picture on that. Yeah, <laughs> you think? I guess you're I think right. That I said came it across. <laughs> hey, well, speak. Speaking of uh, supporting bad Christian, these people have, and they brought that interview because they support bad Christian and enable oh, us yeah. to do this sort of thing. And that's Shane Corley, Matthew Delancey, Brett Wilson, Jake East, Christopher Grace, Lexi. I mean, take a close look because my eyes are bad. Jernigan and Augustine Ray. 
We thank you guys so much for joining thebcclub.com. Um, if you don't want to do that, go leave us a rating. If you don't want to do that, but you shop on yeah. Amazon, go to thebcclub.com, and you can go to Amazon through that link. But mm-hmm. uh, we really do appreciate your support. Let me make an extra uh, plea here, which we don't normally do or maybe forget to do, but I believe those damn iTunes ratings are important, and I, we got a ton of them. And uh, we, I don't think we get very many more because I know a lot of people are already doing that. Like our initial wave of fans, I think, uh, all left us reviews. But our numbers, like I said, have almost doubled in the last six months, but our reviews haven't gone up much. And somehow, even with our higher numbers, our chart position – is going has gone down, which is a little bit of a puzzle. But I know iTunes Uh-oh. takes into consideration the uh, reviews, which uh, we don't ever really over. ask. No, for. it's just all over. Don't, Matt, are you just, all, are you all about the numbers here? No, I'm all about no, the reviews, guys. It's over. Our success is over. The Bad Christian <laughs> Podcast is over. Well, Joey, let's too. just tell the truth. Those names aren't even BC Clovers. We had to make them up. Yeah. Okay. I was going to ask people to please go leave reviews, <laughs> but now that you mentioned it, Toby, don't even bother. Don't waste your time. <laughs> it's over. It's over. God in heaven. I, I put my blood, sweat, and tears in this fucking podcast. <laughs> Go get John Mark McMillan's album. <laughs> Sorry. See y'all later. Anything for a joke. You've been listening to the Jabberjaw Podcast Network, jabberjawmedia.com.